Let's turn to the passage for today. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, and then 12. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, and 12. Um, I will read it for us. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were, staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Verse 12, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What does this mean? It's God, right? I love that question. What does this mean? You know, last night we looked at Acts chapter 1. And we looked into the birth of the church and how the disciples, the followers, waited together in prayer, in faith for the fulfilling of the promise. And today, in faith, we're going to look at Acts chapter 2. And you know what? There's not much I can really do on Acts chapter 2. I'm just literally going to go down, right? Go down verse by verse. And what I am praying for, this might be one of my shortest sermons. Praise the Lord. You're happy. I'm happy, right? But I really do think there's power in just listening to the word of God. I'm just going to go verse by verse, and I'm just going to just say a few things. But I'm going to ask you, as as we are going verse by verse, be praying in your spirit. Okay, And I pray really that hunger would increase and that faith would increase as we read through this. Amen? Amen. Verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Isn't this obvious? We just looked at this last night. They were together in one place praying. Duh. But it made me think some time had passed between the first day they got together to this day. And it's about nine to ten days. So that means this group, and that group was not a small group. It was a group of 100, about 120 followers of Jesus Christ. To have 120 people remain together for nine to ten days and pray together is not a small thing. Do you know what is the greatest threat to passion and resolve? It's time. It's time. You know, when I was young, I uh, 
I heard someone play the violin at church, and I went to my parents, and I said, you need to buy me a violin, please, because I would love to play the violin. And, you know, my dad's a pastor. My mother was too sick to work. We didn't have much money, but my parents found a violin for me. And so I, w- I took that violin, and I went to school. Do you know how long I played the violin for? Two weeks. And then I came home, and I said, the violin is not for me. I will stick with piano, Right? And they're like, oh, my gosh, what are you going to do with the violin? Uh, my sister and I recently watched the documentary. I think it was on Netflix, What the Health. Did you guys watch it? Yeah, I was so inspired. I was like, I'm going to go vegan. I went vegan for four days. Obviously, I'm not vegan. I ate the Korean beef today, right? It only, it only lasted me four days. I was so, like, you know, determined to do this. Every year, January, our church has a special early morning prayer. You know, everyone comes out. All the pastors are highly recommended, strongly recommended to come. And so January, I'm like, even if you didn't ask me, I'm going to go. Right? Start, start the year on my knees praying to God. You know how long that lasts? Two days. And I'm just like, oh, Dad, you know, good luck. And I just can't, I can't do it. Even when it comes to things of, like, faith. And so, for us, there's a reason why in Hebrews chapter 10, it says, do not give up meeting together. It says that, do not give up on meeting together as many are in the habit of doing. But instead, encourage one another. And so, I just want to pause here right now. But because to think that 120 people were together for nine days, consistently, faithfully devoting themselves to prayer, that, I believe, is what created that, I don't know, that invitation for the Spirit to come in that way. And so, New Mercy, I know as you are starting this, you know, new church, you're going to have gatherings. You're going to have meetings. And you're probably going to have a lot of prayer meetings. Go out to them. Number one, it, it encourages your pastor, right? One time I, I did this whole, like, special Wednesday night prayer before our retreat. Yeah, do you know how many people came? One. And do you know how, who it was? A parent. I, was, I went home so discouraged. I was like, I should not be a pastor. I should just quit ministry right now. Don't let that happen to your pastor, right? When the pastor calls the church to pray together, come out. Do not give up on meeting together. There's something really uh, pleasing to the Lord when a group of people devote themselves to meeting together, to pray, to seek the Lord. And right now in your, your season, you cannot afford to not pray together. Right? And so you don't even have to wait for Pastor Key to initiate it. You guys can initiate it and pray together. Do not give up, right? These guys really persevered. They were steadfast in meeting together, in praying together. Verse 2 suddenly, suddenly, and it's like without warning, without a foreshock, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God, came into that room and upon all those who were gathered there. It's kind of like a violent earthquake. And as I was meditating on this, I realized, you know what? God does that a lot. I've heard a lot of people say, God is a gentleman. He will never invade. And I was like, what God do you know? Because sometimes God invades my life when I don't ask him to. When I'm like, no thanks, God, I like this room to myself. He will come and he will walk in because that is what's good for me right? Yeah, sometimes he is very gentle. He knows us so well. 
He will give us chance after chance to be the one to open that door. But sometimes, sometimes God is just God. He says, I am your Lord. I am your king. I am master of this house. I am the master of your life. And he will invade. You know, the song that we sang earlier, There Is None Like You. When I think of that song, I think God is such a gentleman. And I just have to share the story because... There are just different ways that God moves. Um, this is when I was in college. Um, Tina was also there. We were at an InterVarsity um, retreat. And I was at the stage where I was scared of the prophetic. Like, I didn't have it. I was scared of the people who had the gift of prophecy. And so whenever I suspected that you were gifted, I stayed away from you. And so at that retreat, I remember I was in the back. And, you know, it's a good thing I'm a little shorter. So I was just kind of sinking low when the pastor was like, if you want prayer, come up. And I was like, nope. Because I have a feeling you're just going to tell everyone my deepest, darkest sins. So I was just hiding. And then uh, people, I don't know what happened, but people were like on the floor. And I was like, that is not happening to me. So I just stayed in the back. I don't know how I came forward. I actually don't remember that part. But I was trembling. And I was standing right here. And this pastor goes, what can I pray for? And I'm like, I don't know. Please just don't tell people my sins. And he just, he just said, I want you to put your hand over your heart. I was like, okay. And then he just bent over to my ear. And I was like, this is interesting. You're going to pray into my ear? I was like, oh, he's going to tell me my deepest, darkest sins into my ear. That's good. It's like, you are a kind man. And you know what he started doing? He sang that song, There Is None Like You. And I was wrecked. Not because of the melody. Not because of the song. It's because I felt known. Because, see, God could have invaded me, but at that moment, I was not ready. He was gentle with me. And then sometimes God comes in as like a violent earthquake. Um, you know, our church also celebrated our anniversary this past weekend. And in celebration, Korean style, we had a weekend event, right? Friday morning to Sunday night. I was so tired. But Saturday night, they said, uh, Pastor Esther, can you sing a special song? And I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm so tired. It's the Korean service, but I'll go in obedience. And I went. And this older man was preaching in Korean, and I was so tired. And I was like, I don't know what you are saying. And it just seems kind of dry, right, in my limited Korean. And people were just falling asleep, you know. There were older people there. And I was like, oh, this is so sad. This is like our big celebration, first anniversary out of our building. And then the last 10 minutes, I don't even know. Like, last 10 minutes is one of those things where you don't know where, what happened. My body started, like, moving forward. And I was paying attention to the Korean I did not understand because in my spirit, I knew what he was saying. He was doing something. God was doing something through, through this man. And then he just started leading prayer. And it, there, there could have been, like, an earthquake because that's what it sounded like. Our people, our, our Korean older generation they started erupting in prayer and you know i told you they do the whole like jesus i'm not talking about that unprompted loud praying i'm told it's like crazier than what i shared with you yesterday one elder even said i felt like the ceiling was falling or that i was levitating whichever god came in an instant 
And it was, it was pretty unexpected. And I looked around, and some people welcomed it, and some people were just shocked. But he didn't ask for permission. He just came because that's what our church needed. You get what I'm saying? And so for your church, as you are moving forward, there are going to be times where you think you know how God's going to move. But I want to remind you, Isaiah 55, it says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my way, your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts than your thoughts. Just be in a position of yielding. He might come like a gentleman, and he might come like a rushing wind, like Acts chapter 2, whatever it is. Be ready in prayer together, and when it comes, just yield to the Spirit. Okay? Verse 3, what seemed like tongues of fire separated and rested upon each of them. All of them, all 120 of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. All 120, not one was exempt. I pray that whatever blessings about to, like, come crashing on this congregation, that all of you would take part in it. Not one will be exempt. Because if you think about it, God is an all-consuming God. He comes in. It says in here that it filled the whole room. And what I'm praying for here is that if you come, like as Pastor Key said, with just a little bit of faith, he will come and he will consume all of this for you, for his kingdom. And what will be lifted up is glory and honor to the Father, right? all-consuming. All of them were filled. And, you know, when you are standing in the presence of God, you cannot walk away untouched. You cannot walk away untouched. And that is what we're praying for here in this place. And they began to do what they can, could not do in the natural. They began to speak in other languages. This is different from, you know, what we normally call speaking in tongues sometimes, right? There's like just utterances and then there are languages. This is a language. And I actually witnessed this firsthand when I was serving with another pastor, and I was, I was still a seminarian, so, you know, I had another pastor come with me to lead a trip to Yucatan, Youth Group Kids. And we went street evangelizing, and we came upon this older lady, but our translator was not there. And so we went up to this lady, and we're just like, the pastor with me was like, hola. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, please, please don't embarrass me. Hola. And, you know, he was like, uh, what? He's like, Dios te ama. You know? And then she just looked at us. And you could tell sometimes when you look into someone's eyes, if their spirit is open, her spirit was open. And we're like, oh, we're going to do this. We're going to tell her the gospel in very, very broken Spanish. And I was like, you go. To the other pastor, I was like, you do it, because I just, I am too scared. See, I really regret that moment, and I'm about to tell you, and you'll know why I regret that moment. I regret being such a chicken and not putting faith in God. I looked at myself when I should have been looking at God, and I said, you do it. I can't do it. And this pastor started speaking to this woman, but he was speaking in perfect Spanish. And I'm just watching it. I'm like, did you just troll us the whole time? Perfect Spanish. He was 
I honestly don't know everything he said because obviously I don't know all, you know, a lot of Spanish. But she was like agreeing and she was like, she was listening. And at the end, what I believe is he did like the believer's prayer. She put her faith and trust in Jesus Christ as her savior. My gosh. And then I went to this pastor and I was like, how did you do that? When did you learn Spanish? He said, what do you mean? I was talking in English the whole time. But she seemed to understand I was like, are you, am I crazy or are you crazy or is the woman crazy? Seriously, on the spot, because God wanted this woman to come to salvation, he used this pastor to speak in Spanish and this woman received the gospel. I so regret it. I should have been like, yes, Lord, I will be the one to speak to this woman, right? I I can't say that. And I tell you that because I'm telling you, don't do things that you will regret. Don't pass, pass the opportunity to be used by God in that way. It, this actually happens, guys. You begin to speak in another language. It's so crazy. But I want to I stay here for a little longer because I think there's a danger when we think that the filling of the Spirit, right? When we're filled with the Spirit, it has to look a certain way right? And I'm, I'm here to tell you, it looked this certain way in Acts chapter 2 for a very specific reason. And maybe I'm about to tell you something you already know, but I'm going to say it anyways. At that time, there were Jews from other nations who were in Jerusalem who spoke different native languages. They were there because they were there to celebrate the Feast of the Harvest, so these are Jews from other native uh, places who, who knew different languages. And when they heard a loud noise, they came around, and then they began to hear these Galileans speaking in their language, and they could actually understand what they were saying. And so then they were so intrigued, they drew closer And by the time that happened, a crowd had gathered. And at that point, Peter gets up. And he preaches his very first sermon. Peter, who was such a coward, like me, or the former me, right? The Peter, who was such a coward, who, you know, betrayed his Savior three times, gets up and he preaches his first sermon. And what is the fruit of that sermon? They were cut to the heart. If you read You should read the sermon. It's the most simple sermon and the shortest sermon. But when they heard it, they were cut to the heart and they asked them, what should we do? And Peter, in boldness and courage, said, repent and be baptized, all of you. And so those who received the message, repented, were baptized, and they were added to the number of 120. And altogether, those who came to faith that day was around 3,000. 3,000. So the reason why the Holy Spirit came upon these 120 at that specific time in this manner was because there were people in, that, in Jerusalem who spoke those very languages. See, when, Jesus, when, when the Holy Spirit comes and he fills and he gives supernatural abilities, there's only one reason for it. It's for the advancement of the kingdom of heaven. 
And so in a different situation, something else might be needed for you to share the gospel with someone next to you. Or in another season, you might need a different gift altogether. Do you get what I'm saying? So we are not the ones to say, Jesus, you must come and fill me and it must look like this. And we are not ones to look at other people and say, you don't manifest the spirit like that. So you must not be filled with the Holy Spirit. God determines when to come, how to come, and how to fill, and how to use you. Only God. He is sovereign. And God just wanted to, like, bring in 3,000 that day. And so he came and gave the ability, the supernatural ability, to speak in different languages. Now you see why Jesus only gave one instruction in Acts chapter 1. His only instruction was wait for the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit comes, you know, in his great wisdom, he will give you exactly what you need to do what the Father has asked you to do. There's only one instruction. Wait and be filled by the Holy Spirit. I pray that this church would be a church that leans on that and asks for the filling of the Holy Spirit, that you would not rely on the method of yesterday because it worked yesterday, that you would seek God every day. Lord, how do you want to use us in this year? Lord, what is the message you are impressing on our hearts this year? Always seeking the Lord, right? That is my prayer for you. It's for the people of God to do the work of God, to proclaim boldly the message of the gospel so people would come to salvation. That is the call of the church. And in the process, we have fun, of course. In the process, we are blessed. In the process, we grow. But ultimately, it's for the advancement of the kingdom of heaven. Just one reason. And so this is why we desperately need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because on our own, we cannot do what God is asking us to do. It is not in our capability to do what God is asking us to do. Why? Because we don't have power by ourselves. We don't have the wisdom. We don't even have the courage, right? And so we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you know when I get most bored and tired and drained in ministry? It's not when I have retreats back-to-back. It's not when I have mission trips back-to-back. It's not when I'm with, like, 100 teenagers for, like, four days straight. It's when I am trying to do my ministry and operating out of my flesh is when I am most tired, most strained, most unhappy. Do you know when I am most satisfied is when I know I am relying on God and I'm operating in the Spirit, right? And so... People keep asking me, how are you feeling? And yeah, I'm tired, but guys, I am like, I am alive because I believe that God is doing something here and I just get to be a part of it. I'm so excited and I'm so like honored that you, I'm still so honored that you asked me to be here. I'm alive, right? And in your own Christian walks, when you begin to feel discouraged, when you doubt your faith, is not not when you are trying to strive for something on your own? When you're trying to grow on your own, when you're trying to minister out of your own strength, when you're trying to serve the church from what you know, is when you will fall so hard. And then bitterness will grow, right? And so we need to be filled by the Holy Spirit every day, every day, right? I'm, lear- I'm, 
Okay, you might think I'm saying this because I mastered it. I actually didn't. I actually am still learning, right? I, I caught myself this afternoon as I was looking over this sermon, and I was like, and then I'm going to do this here, and then I'm going to raise my voice here, and I'm, you know what I'm talking about? Like, you know, dynamic. And I realized, oh, no, what am I doing? I'm like planning ahead what I'm going to do instead of leaning in and asking the Lord to speak through me. And so what I did was I turned on some Amanda Cook, one of my favorite worship leaders, and I got on my knees on that not-so-clean carpet, and I prayed. I was like, Lord, I'm so sorry for trying to take control and take the reins when actually you are in control. And I had to relinquish that control, actually, this afternoon. It's not me, God. It's not me. You have your way, right? So constantly we have to lay this down and seek to be yielded to the Spirit and filled by the Spirit and moved by the Spirit only. And so my prayer, this, this is it, my prayer is that this church would be filled, that every single one of you would experience victory. You know, you can actually have victory over your sins. You can have victory over your sickness. I'm not one of those people to over-spiritualize things. When I get sick, I do take Tylenol, right? I'm not like, I pray against the flu, but sometimes you do in faith. But usually I turn to medicine, right? right? But you do have power over sickness, right? Um, I just want to, I'm sharing you, sharing with you these stories in, in hope that your faith increases. But I've been telling you a lot about my church. It's only because I really do feel like our church has walked through a lot of what you're walking through. And, you know, I told you about this uh, prayer meeting that we had. There's one pastor's wife that came and she had such a bad back pain that she had to be helped into the elevator and into the seat. And she was just struggling. And there was a moment when my dad invited people to make a commitment and he invited them to get on the, on the floor on their knees and to ask and this I watched this lady and she just she was struggling and she got on her knees and I'm just like how do I help you like I'm not strong enough to help you and then they did the Korean thing like Jesus three times and her hands shot up and she just started weeping I was like oh she's being very blessed you know what happened later on she told me she said pastor Esther as soon as my hands went up the pain went away and I was like, what? Healing happened in Pilgrim Mission Church, Peace, uh, Presbyterian Church. This is amazing. This is what the Holy Spirit does. And we didn't even pray for healing. We just asked for more of God. And so you have victory and you have authority over sickness. You have victory over your sins. You have victory over darkness. And you have the power, power to speak boldly the words of truth that cut people's heart, that bring them to the saving king. That is why we are filled with the spirit. That's why Jesus gives us these abilities by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not just for the church. If you look at it, the, the tongue of fire came and it separated and rested on each of them. And when I read that, it really encourages me. It's not just for the whole church. It's for every believer in the room. Now, I just want to end with this. 
You know, when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit and we begin to, like, see people boldly operating the gift of the Spirit, one of the things the enemy loves to do is get us to compare ourselves to other people. And I just had a really, like, I had a real talk with one of our sisters this afternoon. And I was like, I'm not the only one who does this, right? There was a time, right, when I loved Tina and I really disliked Tina because she was so gifted. And I was like, dang it. Where's my gift, God? This is when T- God was really just um, speaking and moving in Tina's life in college. And I looked at her and I was like, I love you, sister, but you're better than me now. And I just don't feel comfortable around you. I'm an evil person with a very small heart. What I should have been doing is celebrating what God is doing. But because of my insecurity, I just kept looking at myself and looking to her. And I was so stuck. I was so stuck. And to be honest, even before I came to this retreat, I was like, Pastor Mike is so awesome, right? And you mercy has so many gifted ministers. What am I going to do there? And God was like, take your eyes off of yourself. It's not about you. I was humbled many times in my car right here. Yes, Lord, it's not about me. It's about you. And so I believe God is about to move in this church. I believe he's going to give giftings to you so that everyone who walks into this church will come to saving faith. But be careful. Be careful of the divisive method of the enemy where you begin to look at yourself and other people and you begin to harbor jealousy and you begin to look down on yourself and you begin to stifle what the spirit is doing. Um. I was watching an interview of one of my, a group of my favorite uh, worship leaders. And they're all so gifted. They're pretty famous. And then an interviewer looks at one guy at the end and he goes, Hey, Paul, how do you feel about being the least popular and famous of the group? And we're just like, Oh my gosh, that sensitive topic. But obviously not for them. They all started laughing, and he was laughing. And they were talking about that. Like, yeah, everyone is so gifted. Some of them sell more albums than others, right? And they were talking about it. And one sister put it like this, and it moved me. She said, of course we have feelings like that. She's like, but for me, when I see God come and I see him move, I'm just so grateful that he showed up that I don't care who he did it through. And I was just like, God, I repent. (laughs) And my desire was, God, give me that kind of confidence, right? Give me that kind of confidence so that I can step out in faith no matter what you ask of me, relying on the power of the Holy Spirit, right? And I'm telling you, like, it was such a good reminder. I had just that conversation I had with this dear sister. Even that, the timing of that was so God. And as I was preparing this, but she doesn't know that I was like struggling with, you know, like trusting in the Lord versus striving on my own. But that was the topic of our conversation. And in our prayers, we just yielded to the spirit. I'm telling you, God wants to do amazing things. We just need to yield and trust. Amen. I am so excited for your church. Again, this is like family. And 
you know, I don't know about you, but I see you like friends. And I can't wait to hear of all the things God is going to do here. And it's going to be scary. It's going to be confusing. But I have full confidence in our God. All right? He's going to do amazing things. And so all we need to do, right, in order to be a habitation of God's spirit is to be willing. Number one, fix your eyes on the goal. It's for the advancement of the kingdom. Two, seek to be continually filled. Three, be a pure vessel that is worthy of that. Right? And so tonight, we're just going to move into a time of we're going to worship and we're going to pray. And then we're going to worship and we're going to pray. So I'm going to ask the praise team to come up. And we're just going to press in to what God has in store for us. And um, I don't really have a plan. But I am going to say I think our prayer team here is truly gifted and so please if you feel prompted by the spirit just come and like take the mic from me or else i'm just gonna be like what do i do next right so let's this is like a a group effort we're just gonna seek the lord we're gonna we're going to press in um to god tonight um but we're gonna we're going to um respond with a song first is that okay i really think uh, that in order to be filled with the spirit what we need first is to be cleansed right to repent um and just to be a very pure and open available vessel for the king to come and fill and so please stand with me and we're going to sing new wine new wine again i really like the lyrics there but as we sing it Uh, practice praying in your heart and uh, meditate on the words and let that be your prayer. And as you do, just as the spirit uh, brings up things uh, to repent of, lay it before the Lord, right? I think for some of us, it might be the desires that we had above Jesus. Lay that before the Lord. If it's your pride, lay it before the Lord. Um, But whatever it it is, let's just come before the king at this time.